What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Dream a Little, the podcast that's here to help you feel confident with your kinks so you can share them with your partner. You're in for a special treat today because Will was just a real pleasure. He's got a great sense of humor and he's totally down to earth. So I think you gamers out there are going to really relate with him, especially if you were a teenager in the mid 90s. He's going to fill us in on some of his experiences with opening up with friends today. If you've been a listener to the show for a while, you probably already know that I've always had a thing against opening up to friends just because I kind of see it as this unnecessary and risky thing. But I've got to say this interview has given me a new perspective on it. I don't know if you know this, but last year I confided in a friend for the first time. It was pretty nerve-wracking and awkward because she pretty much forced me to tell her. She's the type of friend who needs to know everything. So when I mentioned I had a podcast about kinks, she kept prodding at me for like months. It got to a point where she was really worried because I refused to tell her what it was. So she kind of just assumed it was this horrible thing and So I just felt like I should just tell her what it is. And to my surprise, when I told her, she was like, really? That's it? That's not bad. And I was like, it's not. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying that you should open up to all your friends. You should really know that you can trust someone before you do that. I think there are some benefits to telling friends, though. For one, it's good practice for opening up to a partner. And it's just kind of nice to get get it off your chest. So if you're considering giving this a try with a close friend or even your partner, I've created a free download for you. It's called The Five Red Flags to Consider Before Opening Up. To get your hands on it, head over to thelittlelounge.com slash 90 download. That's thelittlelounge.com slash 90 download. And as always, I'll link to that in the show notes. All right, let's just dive in. What's up, Will? Thank you so much for coming on Dream a Little. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. You know, I'm 37. I live in Sin City, and uh, I'm a huge gamer uh, on top of my, my kinky interests. All right. So how did you find out about your kinky interests, and what exactly are your kinky interests? Sure. Uh, I identify as a as a diaper lover, a DL switch, although I tend to lean on the dominant side. I prefer the daddy role over the little role. And uh, I've been aware of this probably as long as I can remember being alive. Uh, I think it goes back as early as being four years old. Wow. Okay. That's kind of the same case for me. So it's just something that's always been in your mind. I know for me growing up, it was always something that I was a little bit unsure about and I wasn't sure if you know this was normal or anything like that and there was a lot of shame that came with it so what was your experience like well for me my origins uh comes from being a bedwetter and I think that's probably natural and normal for children who are like three four and five years of age uh and I certainly had it when I was four and five and I remember my mom and dad being okay with it to a certain degree. I always had a, uh, a box of diapers in the closet that my parents kind of let me choose if I wanted to wear it or not for bed or for naps. And I remember coming home from kindergarten, and, and it, it's strange because 
certain events in your life set up, you know, triggered memories, you know, and, and this part uh, is so vivid where everything else that year is so, so bland. But I remember coming home and my parents were in my bedroom ripping up my diapers and throwing them out. And I remember very, very vividly my mom telling me that I have to be a big boy now. And uh, if I have any more accidents, I would be punished. And I would be. I would be spanked in the morning if I had a wet bed or, or wet pants. Oh, wow. And, oh, yeah. Parents were real authoritarian. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's pretty strict. Uh, well, yeah, I thought so. Did it actually work? <laughs> um, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't think that that's really a choice when you're a bedwetter. It just kind of happens, right? It, it, it sort of just happens. And I got really good at, at learning to hide it <laughs> the best I could. Right. Not that that really works when you're four. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and I, I remember getting in trouble quite a lot. And, um, and I, I think that moment, it, at that moment in time, I think that sort of set up a, a, a polarizing thought in my mind. It, it, it established a taboo, number yes, one. Yes, yes. It firmly established a taboo because, you know, I always thought, well, darn, I, I had access to this before. I don't now. And then the traumas that would follow a few years later would cement the regressive uh, desires. Uh, my father got sick of cancer when I was seven and, and passed a few years later. I'm sorry. Eh, it's okay. I appreciate it. But it, it is history. It is what it is. And I, I think dealing with, with that sort of set up a, a, a situation in my mind where, you know, I was happier when I was not as old. So there was that. And I think, you know, with the onset, because I, I identify as a diaper lover, I think the onset of puberty uh, sort of sexualized the entire experience. Yes. Okay. So as you're hitting puberty and you're starting to date, how did this fetish kind of affect your relationships? Oof. It was harsh because... That would have been 1996, 1997, 95, 94. So we're looking at the mid-90s. Uh, the internet wasn't really around then. I mean, we had BBSs and dial-up, but I certainly didn't have access to that. So at that time, I was convinced I was probably the only person in the entire freaking universe that would have had this strange and bizarre interest. And that really affected the dating lifestyle because this is something that I felt was very core to who I was. And how the hell do you tell your high school sweetheart, you know, baby, you're cute, but I want to put you in pull-ups. Yeah, <laughs> it is a challenge, right? Especially before the internet and not realizing that there are more people that are like you out there. Right. And kids in school, I mean, they can be cruel. They're and evil. Yes. <laughs> they are. And, and back in those days, I was already weird. I was a, a theater nerd. I was, you know, in choir. I played Dungeons and Dragons after school, <laughs> Magic yeah. the Gathering. I went to Ren Fairs and, and was involved in, in mock sword combat at Ren Fairs. And, you know, I was already weird for a <laughs> middle American Republican conservative town raised in a 
watered down uh, Catholic household. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so the addition of this interest in diapers and, and regressive age play, although we didn't call it that back then, was, uh, was a challenge. It, it wasn't until early college when I actually got my first computer and did Google search girl and diaper that um, I discovered, holy shit, this is actually a thing. Well, how did you feel when you found out that you weren't the only one? I don't think I came out of my room for a solid week. <laughs> I became a sponge. Yes. I, the, the, massive, the massive intake of information was, was wild. I, my, I, God forbid anyone that ever looked at my Google searches at that time, I, I would be ashamed <laughs> to... Oh my gosh. What, Tell me about it. Their minds. <laughs> But yeah, it, it was it was a massive relief to figure out, you know, wow, there are other people out there, largely, mostly, apparently older gay men, yeah. uh, <laughs> at the time, but there are other people out there like me. Right. So. So you went oh, almost your whole life not knowing and then you finally find this out, right? Oh, go correct. ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're, 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 you're dead on. My entire and my, at, at that point in time, nearly my entire life was spent thinking I was completely alone. And then now all of a sudden, there are people into it. Right. But even though you find this community and you know about it, it doesn't make it easier to tell someone who's not in it, right? <laughs> oh my God, tell me about it. It's, it, it, it's really nerve wracking. Yes. So have you opened up to someone who is vanilla before? I have. Over the years, I've been getting braver and braver about, you know, coming out. And I still am rather trepidatious about about it because there are certain aspects I do deeply care about and my ability to maintain, you know, being able to work and provide for my household is number one. Uh, and I think that would be the only place I think that they would frown upon. And I don't want to go into details on that, right. but but... Uh, I've told some close friends and I've even, I, I even had a showdown with my mom at one point in time because uh, I remember very clearly being around 10 or 11 and she found diapers under my bed and she threatened to take me to the psychiatrist at that moment in time. Yeah. And I was horrified because I didn't want to talk to anyone. And then, you know, in my late twenties, when I had finally started to accept everything and sort of be like, well, it is what it is. I remember going back to my mom and trying to have that conversation with her and sort of her not wanting to hear it. It's hard. And sometimes people have already just made up their mind about something. They don't understand it. They're very conservative and there's not a lot you can do, right? Yeah, there really isn't. But fortunately, I've never really, knock on wood, I've never really had a negative experience. Okay, that's great. Uh, yeah. I think all of us in this community have this this natural ingrained fear of rejection. And I've never really experienced anyone looking at me going, you fucking freak. How could you? You're into what? Ew. Um, and then having such a, a hard negative reaction like that. It's never happened to me. I've told some very close friends I've accidentally told a coworker or two. Wait, accidentally? Can we back up? I just, I need to hear how you accidentally told them. <laughs> how uh, does that happen? 
Okay, so uh, I I have emails set up on my cell phone. No, so no, 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 no. I can access my my work emails from my cell phone because occasionally I need to respond to stuff, you know, in a timely manner. Right. And 8 a.m. the next morning is not timely. Yeah. So one such email rolled through where it was pretty important that it be responded to immediately. So I flip open my phone and I type out an email and I send it. And it came from a uh, my fetish uh, account I had set up at that time. Oh. <laughs> and I, I got a message back on my text, who's daddy diapers and... Uh, why are they, why are they sending me information about the account? No. <laughs> I stared at my cell phone for probably a good, I, it, it felt like an eternity. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? I, I tried my best. I immediately called my coworker and I, I apologized profusely. And I said, I've been hanging out with some friends all day. And apparently they thought they'd be cute and, and set something up on my phone. And, and, uh, and I didn't realize they changed my email preferences. It's a joke. It's something that we do back and forth. I'm really, really, really sorry. Well played. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they believe me, but it right. hasn't come up since. <laughs> hey, at least you came up with something. I'm sure you dig deep. You're like, okay. What am I gonna? What am I gonna say? Oh, five bell <laughs> alarm on that one. Okay, so <laughs> you said earlier that you started getting braver and braver. Yeah, was the first time the hardest? I found that the first time was the hardest for me. You, you know what? It, I've probably done it a half a dozen times by now. Wow, uh, including uh, this accidental one. Including <laughs> accidental one. And I. I I don't think it gets any easier. Uh, it hasn't for me um, because there's still that huge fear of rejection, even though I logically know that my friends probably aren't going to reject me. Right. Um, the worst case scenario I've ever had happen is an uncomfortable, oh, okay. And then the subject never comes back up again. Right. But I don't think it's any easier. It's always a huge gamble and there's always this, this game that I that we seem to play, going back and forth, joking about, hey, well, what's the weirdest thing you've seen? <laughs> you <know? laughs> You're like, clown- I'm going to win this one. <laughs> I, right? Yeah, clown porn. Now that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's that that moment where you the, the words tumble out of your mouth. You know, I'm an ABDL. I'm a diaper lover. I'm I fetishize diaper play. This is what that means. I like to wear and use, and I like to facilitate others' use of. And you sit there, and you feel so vulnerable. You feel so embarrassed. You feel so open. And you basically just walked up to a lion, held your neck out, (laughs) to see what they do with it. And that fear of their reaction is very real. And some of them have come back and said, hey, that's really cool. I had one friend really, really respond positively about that. And she's fairly vanilla. And then I've had, you know, like I said, I've had friends who are just like, oh, okay. Why are you telling me this? (laughs) TMI. TMI. We're good. Thank you. Uh, I'm not going to tell anyone, but this is weird. Yes. 
So, so how did you know that you could trust them to not expose you to other people? Do you really know if you can trust somebody? I guess that's true. It's just a risk you take, huh? It's a, yeah, it's a calculated risk, you know, and I, I feel pretty safe within the community if I know somebody is already kinky because, you know, there's sort of that thou shalt not expose law yes. that we, we all try to follow. Most of us. Yeah. Most of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But overall, you just kind of, it, it's a gamble. You know, you just really have to make sure you know somebody. Uh, I guess in the dating realm, that's not a first date conversation. I would hope not. I think that's a little too soon. I agree. It's like almost like you need some collateral. You need to have some dirt on them too. They need to open up a little bit to you and confide in you with something too. And that, that gives me confidence at least to know, well, I know a little something about you too, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's that mutual assured destruction thing. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you may, you may, you know, tell everyone that I, I wear diapers, but don't forget that time that you did it for me. So, <laughs> so out of all these half a dozen times or so that you've opened up, what have you learned and what would you advise people who have never opened up to a friend or a partner? What's the best advice you could give? I think the best advice I can give them is to be, be honest, be honest with yourself and be honest with them. Uh, if this is a person you truly care about and this is a person that is truly close to you, chances are good that they're not going to be surprised that you're into diapers or you're into regressive age play. Chances are good from your personality, the things that you talk about, the things that you do in your life, the clothing that you wear. Um, you know, there, there's just, there's, there's, an, there's probably something about you that they already see that this is just a missing piece of the puzzle for them. So it's all about having courage and just being like, this is who I am. Love it, like it, or leave it. This is who I am. And if they truly are uh, a good friend, they truly value your relationship with them, then that's not going to be a breaking point. That's going to be something that's going to bond you guys and bring you closer. I, I know if I had a friend, like, if, if I had a friend come to me and say, hey, this is who I am. Here's something deeply intimate about me that I feel you need to know for whatever reason, I feel like that would be an honest act of absolute trust. And that's not something you want to destroy. 100%. I love that advice so much. Well, thank you so much, Will, for coming on, for sharing your story, and for giving some really, really helpful advice. I think you're going to really inspire a lot of people to open up more. So thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me on and, uh, and, and thank you for the opportunity for sharing. I hope it helps people. All right. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank All you. Right, bye. Well, there you have it, guys. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. I do have a quick announcement before I go. My boyfriend TK and I are starting a new podcast series on Patreon where we answer questions directly from you. So to join in on the fun and possibly get your questions answered, head over to patreon.com slash dreamlittle. I'll see you there.